Matthew chapter 26, and we'll read verse 8, verse 8. This passage is when the disciples, they turned against Mary for buying an expensive part of ointment for Jesus, and she broke the box to anoint the feet of Jesus Christ. Uh, it was very expensive. She paid a lot of money for it. But then the disciples, what they did was they were upset with Mary's action because a lot of money was spent on it. So then they saw it as a waste, but Jesus Christ saw it as something important that was spent on him. Look at verse 8. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? That question really spoke out to me. And I took it as an opposite direction. I mean, what they asked, to what purpose is this waste? You know, Jesus Christ could have answered simply, it's not a waste, it, the purpose was me. But then when that's the answer, and I put myself in this position, I, I was thinking to myself, you know, that's actually a good question to me then, because I know I haven't spent it on Jesus Christ. So then notice that there is, a seeing, and then a feeling of frustration, and then a question, what purpose was this waste? And I see these same steps within my own Christian life on how much I waste my life for Him. And I hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you and convict you about, are you wasting precious time, precious opportunity that the Lord offers to you? The title of my message today is Such a Messed Up Waste. Let's pray. Father God, Fill within me power, fill within me the cleansing of the blood and the spirit guidance. Help me to preach what you want me to preach and not my own. Uh, this is your message and only you can move in and speak to these people. And I want each and every person, Heavenly Father, only you can reach each and every person and be a blessing to them and speak to them in a special way and convict them and change their lives where they can give greater glory and honor to your name and be more happy and feel more fulfilled. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so the first point is seeing the waste. Seeing the waste. Look at the first part of the verse. So verse 8 is our main text. So keep turning over there. The first point is seeing the waste. But when his disciples saw it. And I think that's so important in order to understand the waste of your life, the waste of your time, the waste of your opportunity and your resources that you're doing is that you need to see it. And that is the exact problem with people is that they don't see the waste that they're doing in their lives. We're so used to living our normal routine, aren't we? Yeah. Waking up in the morning, brushing your teeth, driving to work or driving to school and just living your lives, changing clothes. And then uh, if you're single, living by yourself, watching TV at your spare time, doing the internet, uh, why don't you say read your Bible, Pastor? Because I know you're not that spiritual. So then you just eat food, eat snacks, exercise, etc. If you're married, you know, you just chat with each other, fight about the silliest things. If you have children, you fight even more about the silliest things. So then, <laughs> so then this is, uh, we're so used to this machine, and you've heard your preacher say that constantly many times. And always give a warning about that. Everyone is going to church or living life by tradition, by a routine. 
You got to come here because you made the decision, because you wanted to. And that is so important. First Peter chapter 1, verse 14 says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. And I think that is so important is that we fall back into the worldly routine. And the reason why, according to Peter, is that you're doing it in your ignorance. That is the number one reason why we don't obey God. And the number one reason why we waste our life. I mean, how many years have you lived already? Can you truly say you completed enough for God? Or the last, I don't know uh, how, how old everybody is here, but last 15 years, last 20 years, last 30 years, last 40 years, last 50 years of your life. Can you honestly say that you fulfilled it or a lot of it was a waste? You know why it's been a waste? Because you've been ignoring it. You haven't been seeing or paying attention to it. You've been living in ignorance. The devil has beautifully not made you see the waste you've made because you're so constantly in the hustle and bustle, taking care of family, finances, work, school, television, hanging out with friends, or any things of this world. Hey, my question to you is when will you finally wake up and open your eyes and start seriously contemplating about how have I lived my life? Here's a good one you can ask yourself. How have you lived your life the past 24 hours? That might be a good one. Can you honestly say you fulfilled it or you wasted it? Turn to Numbers chapter 14. Now keep your hand in Matthew 26. Keep your hand in Matthew 26. Go to Numbers 14, please. And we're going to look at verse 22. Verse 22. And we'll read verse 22 through 23. Numbers chapter 14 and we'll look at verse 22, Numbers chapter 14. And we'll read verse 22 through 23. Now, the children of Israel, for some of you who don't know the story, they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. But the reason why they ended up in that state is because they, they were offered an opportunity to enter the promised land. Now, you got to realize this. They suffered hundreds of years as slaves. God just conquered the Egyptians through mighty miracles. And they just crossed through the desert and finally arrived at the promised land. And right at the moment where you would think that they would be happy and that they can enter the promised land and enjoy the blessing finally that God has given to them. Look at verse 22. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these what? Ten times have not hearkened to my voice. Well, God just told them 10 times. And I mean, like they've been trying God 10 times and God's like, look, enough's enough. I've given, I spoiled you with blessing after blessing. You saw me taking care of your trial, pulling you through with miracle after miracle. You see me answering your prayer time and time again. Or did you forget church? Did you forget church? You remember how child I pulled you through, through all the bad stuff. And even the good times, I was blessing you. How can you forget that? But they forgot. They forgot. They don't remember the manna that they're eating probably right now at that moment. Can you imagine that? They probably weren't thinking about that. You know what they were doing? They were wasting God's gifts that he's given to them. God has given you so many gifts now, hasn't he? 
I mean, he's giving you a family. He's giving you a Bible-believing church. He's taking care of you financially. He's giving you work. He's giving you uh, things at the home, even extra good stuff that only you have that nobody else has. Thank you, Lord. You ever thought about that? One thing I've learned is it doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. You do have a unique blessing that only you have that other people don't have. It's always a guarantee. It's always a guarantee. So you got to realize that these are God's gifts that he's given to you, but what are you doing with them? You're wasting them, aren't you? You're wasting the church God has given to you. You're wasting the family that God has given to you. You're wasting the money and the work that the Lord has given to you. You'd be surprised even secular things are gifts from God that you're actually wasting. The school that God has given to you, the, a lot of the things that the Lord has blessed you in the house, you're actually wasting them. You might say, why? Because you keep watching TV and looking at an advertisement to buy new stuff. And those things that God has gifted you turn into old stuff, now ended up in the closet, and now you're trying to sell it off of Amazon or Craigslist, or, you, or the, God knows the last time you ever touched that item. And every one of you is guilty, and I know that. <laughs> Amen. Every one of you is guilty, and I know that. Somewhere in your closet. Amen. About time you go inside that closet, bless God, pulled out that old item and start hugging it and said, Thank you, Lord. <laughs> that's good preaching. Hopefully that's not your Bible, amen? Hopefully that's not your Bible, man. All right, verse 33. Verse 33. Uh, verse 23, I'm sorry. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. Now, notice that because they're wasting God's blessings that he's given to them, God's saying, why should I bless them more now? So God, you're not only going to waste God's blessing he's giving you now, you're going to waste God's blessing that he could have given to you tomorrow had you not messed up yesterday. That's good. What are you wasting your life on? Look at verse 33, please. Verse 33. This is worse. This is the result of your waste when you're not seeing your waste. You got to see your waste. You got to open your eyes. And your children shall wander in the wilderness. At verse 33, wander how long? 40 years. And bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. You know what's more convicting in this passage? It says their carcasses wasted in the wilderness. You know what the greater waste is? Because God was saying, because you're wasting my blessings I'm giving to you now, you might as well waste the future blessing that I'm going to give to you. You're not going to enter the promised land. And you know what? Why don't I just make it better for you? Because you're going to waste your life anyways. Why don't I waste you even more by making you wander aimlessly in the wilderness for 40 years? And there's no point to that. Wow, can you imagine that? What's the point of wandering in the wilderness for 40 years aimlessly, not getting anything out of that? You know why? God's saying, I'm going to let you wander in your waste because that's what you've always done anyway. Some of you, can you not see you're probably wandering in your waste in the wilderness right now? You're not like those Jews. You can always come back. You can always repent, but you need to see that waste. Do some of you see yourself finally wandering and you realize, I wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. 
Some of you now need to do that. The artist Camillo painted a picture of a suffering Christ. He called it the man of sorrows. But in that painting, he gave the eyes of the suffering Messiah a very searching look into the hearts of other people. So he was pretty embarrassed, so he had to veil the picture. The preacher later on told Camillo, look, why don't you unveil the picture and let the eyes do the work? So the artist did. He took the veil off. He looked at the eyes and boy, did they search. Oh, that artist, when he painted the, I mean, he himself painted the eyes. So then he knew what every mark intended. And he kept looking deep into those eyes. It did such a work. The eyes told him to make reparation to all whom he had wronged. Told him to buy up and destroy every inch of canvas that he had ever painted that might suggest evil thoughts. I wonder how many painters, how many comic book writers, how many actors and are willing to do something like that. One night, he knelt and told Jesus Christ that I sinned against you. I'm sorry. And he repented, made reparation. And at the same time, peace and love filled his soul, changing him into a brand new man, pretty much. Amen. What's my point out of this? Once you seriously see how Christ looks at you, once you seriously see how Christ is looking at you with his eyes in everything you do, then you start to find, finally wake up and you realize, oh, these are the things I need to fix. I need to fix this and this and this. And you also know, I need to serve God in this. I need to do this and I need to do this. You know my point. My point is this. My point is, if Jesus Christ was here in the room right now and searched and digged up your heart and your life, what do you think he would tell you to fix? That's the point. And when you do that, then you start to realize, wow, there's a lot of things I wasted my time on. I wasted my life on and there's so many things I need to fix and I haven't done it all this time. I was wasting my life. But we don't see the waste. You know why? Like I told you, we're caught in this machine. We're so used to this machine. So in order to help you finally see your waste and start improving things in your Christian walk, you know what you need to do? You need to set, you got to get your eyes off this world. You've been looking at this world too long, this machine. You need to set your eyes on who? Christ. That's what God told you all this time, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If you looked at Jesus, Jesus can look at you. And then you start to realize, whoa, I was ignorant all this time. My second point is sensing the waste. Sensing the waste. Uh, the next part of Matthew 26, verse 8. Matthew chapter 26, verse 8. The next part is they had indignation. They had indignation. A lot of you need to sense the waste that you're living in your life. But you're not. You're so used to living in the waste that the conscience and the Holy Spirit in you has become pretty much immune. And so the conviction is lost because you're so used to living in the waste. You now just doing the same old thing that you've all been doing as a normal routine. Cooking the next meal, driving to the place you want to go to, 
go out shopping. And during this timeline where everyone's complaining about what's going on with the virus, putting on the silly mask and then making sure, make sure you're six feet apart. Oh, now that's going to become part of normal life. All right. So that's what we're doing. We're all living this wasteful life that we don't sense how much we wasted our life. We don't sense it. We don't feel it because we're so used to it. I think you need to start feeling it. A great example would, um, I don't know if it's to you, but I'm sure it would to you if you did this. So long time ago, I was doing my master's thesis and I worked super duper hard. And I, I, I pretty much finished it. It was reaching over 100 pages. And I was like, man, I'm almost done. And then what happened was, is that I had somebody else taking care of it. And then through honest mistakes, I, I think the person felt more bad than me. But uh, my work and material was lost when the person took care of my laptop. And then I broke down. I was like, ah, I didn't know what to say. You know, I couldn't cuss because I was a saved Christian. <laughs> I couldn't get angry at the sister in Christ because that would be unchristian. <laughs> I just didn't know what to do. I was just in a total state of shock. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I lost over 100 pages of my master's thesis. <laughs> I had to start from scratch again. Now, that was probably one of the most <laughs> devastated feelings that I ever felt in my whole entire life. Because when you work so hard on something and then you lose it all, then you go, oh man, I sacrificed so much time to work, to complete this piece of paper, this paperwork, and I spent so much effort. I pulled so much extra effort to make an extra good thesis but it became a waste. Now, I need you to start sensing and feeling that waste too. You know what your master's thesis is? You know what your huge paperwork is? It's longer than 100 pages. You know what it is? Your lifetime. Your lifetime, you need to feel how much you've been wasting after all the time you spent. Amen. After all the time you spent living as a Christian, coming to this church, all the extra effort you even pulled, some of you did pull effort to accomplish some things for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Some of you pulled some efforts to witness to souls, uh, read the Bible, pray. Even coming to this church can take uh, some effort, studying the Bible and putting up with me, putting up with each other. That takes effort. Amen. All of you pulled effort, but imagine all that being wasted now. Especially sacrifice, that's the worst. Especially when you put sacrifice to it. Do you remember all the sacrifice that you pulled where people were making fun of you for being a safe Christian? Especially attending a Bible-believing church. All the sacrifice where loved ones, family members, and friends separated from you for your Bible-believing stance. That took sacrifice. But imagine all that was a waste now. Do you sense the frustration now? That brings up that verse, they had indignation. Do you have indignation? Do you sense the waste? Job chapter 38 verse 27 says, To satisfy the desolate and waste ground, and to cause the bud of the tender herb to bring spring forth. Now, in that passage, God doesn't want waste for people. He wants to satisfy the wasteful stuff, the wasteful ground. 
All the waste that you made in your life, God does not want that to happen to you. He wants to satisfy and complete and fulfill the waste in your life. But you're the one making the waste in your life. You're the one, not Him. He wants to fulfill you, complete you, and use you. But you're wasting it. So this is what He's going to do then. What He'll do is Haggai chapter 1 verse 9. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when he brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why, saith the Lord of hosts? Because of mine house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. You know what God says? That the people, they were trying to build up their civilization, their culture back, because the Babylonians ruined all their homes. But God says, you know, when you look for much, you want to rebuild your civilization, I blew up on it. I made it wasteful. Why? Because you wasted my house. You wasted my house, the temple, because they weren't spending their time building the temple of the Lord. And that's the problem. The problem is, is that when God gives you opportunities to serve Him, and you've been wasting them, God, He will blow away all your opportunities. That's if you're not careful. Any other opportunity that you want to have in life, guess what? God can blow it away. He can blow it away to teach you something. Oh, I want a better promotion up at work. You'd be surprised, God. It just takes one whiff of God. Amen. Well, I want to go to a different church, not a Bible-believing church anymore. You know what God can do with that? Well, uh... I want to do something else with my life. I want to hang out with these friends. They're better than the people at church. Christians are such hypocrites. As Dr. Upman said, which is pretty funny, but so true. The title of my message today is Hypocrites in Church. And I'm glad you're all here. <laughs> there's, there's so much truth in that one. But the, po but the point is, is that you might say, I want to hang out with those worldly friends, worldly family members, and my Christian friends, Christian family members. And then you know what God's going to do with that? You know what he'll do? He'll blow away all opportunities in your life because why bother when you've already blew away the opportunities that God has given to you to bless you? Good. Why would God do that? Why would God do that? I don't understand why God would do that. Simple, because you don't sense the waste. Right. And God wants you to sense the waste. You don't know what waste is, child? Okay, I'll show you what waste is. <sighs> Did you get the memo yet? Oh, you didn't get the memo yet. Oh, you still don't get the memo. You know what? God has been blowing away a lot of opportunities from your life, but you're too blinded, you're too immune that you can't even have a one ounce of feeling yet. What will it take for God to finally blow away everything out of your life? Then you'll sense the waste. I'll tell you when you'll sense it at the judgment seat of Christ. Then you'll really feel it. You'll really feel that. Here are some questions, and I hate these questions, So, but God told me to preach these questions. Oh, don't say amen, brother. Don't say come on, brother. <laughs> don't say amen. Don't say come on. Oh. All right. How many times have you used your eyes to read the words of God? How many times? All right. Just answer honestly. How many times have you used your hands to pray to the Lord? How many times have you used your mind to study doctrine? 
How many times have you used your feet to go to church? How many times have you used your mouth to witness for Christ? You ready for this? I guarantee you 90% of the time you use your eyes, hands, mind, feet, and mouth is for your pleasure, not for the pleasure of God. 90% of the time. That'll kind of be an eye-opener on how much you're wasting this on, this on, this on. You're going to realize how much you've been wasting your life now. How often have you been using this? And this, this body of yours. The body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Now, now do you kind of sense the frustration of your waste now? Do you kind of feel that a little bit more? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 through 10 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You know why Christ gave you salvation as a free gift, not by works? So that you can work for him. But guess what? You're wasting that precious gift of salvation that he's given to you. You know, he's finally given you an opportunity to work for him. Because a lot of these lost people, they work harder for Jesus than you are. But they're going to hell because they relied on their works, not on Jesus Christ. God says, no, you can't work for me until you get saved. Who is worthy to work for God? If you, get, if you work at a high-paying job position, you go, oh, wow, that's so awesome. But, I mean, for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, no one deserves that. But you all have the opportunity to work for Him, and you're wasting it. You're wasting your job right now. Some of you say, please pray for me to have a job. Guess what? You already have a job. You're working for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. And are you wasting it? Galatians chapter 4 verse 11. I am afraid of you lest I have bestowed upon you labor in vain. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 5. For this cause, when I could no longer forbear, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter have tempted you, and our labor be in vain. Now, you know what the most frustrating is? Is Jesus Christ sacrificed, put a lot of labor to live 33 and a half years without sin, Bombarded, bombarded by the world, the flesh, and the devil, he was born at a smelly stable. And when he was doing his ministry, he was homeless. When Jesus Christ died and was tortured and bleeding on the cross, that sacrifice of salvation that he did for you so that you can live for him, you're wasting it right now. You're trampling upon the blood of Christ right now. But guess what? What's worse is it's not just him. It's according to what Paul says, the people who labored for you. The people who still put you in their prayer list and love you and pray for you. The people who pull up an effort to follow up with you, to encourage you, and to keep you serving God. The people who made time to set up the church, to preach the message, to lead the singings and everyone volunteering to try to help things out. Guess what? You're wasting that. 
Why? Because all this was done for you. It's done for you so that you can grow in grace, so that you can love God, you can serve Him, but you're wasting it. What's wor- I mean, think about the <laughs> sacrifice of martyrs. How many burned at the stake to give you this book in your hand? And when's the last time you read it? How many uh, martyrs bled and died to stand up for Bible-believing truth and freedom and now you're enjoying the spoils of your freedom today unless the next couple of months. We'll see. <laughs> but the thing is, is that you're trampling, literally, it's not just their efforts and their sacrifice. It's the blood. Blood. Blood and sweat. Blood and sweat of many Christians and the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're just trampling upon that blood without any respect. Do you now feel the waste after that? Do you now sense the waste after that? What keeps me going? Well, I'll tell you what keeps me going. is because of all the workers who pulled an effort for me. I'm like, man, I can't quit the ministry now. That'd be a horrible thing to do. That's like betraying them. So guess what? I don't quit the ministry. I keep pressing on for God. How about you? That'd be such a waste. My third point is speculating the waste. Speculating the waste. Uh, let's look at the last part of our main verse, Matthew 26, 8. Saying to what purpose is this waste? I want you to do that at the third point. I want you to start speculating in your mind and I want you to start thinking and pondering. I want you to say to yourself, what purpose is all this waste that I'm doing right now. What you're doing right now, even the job you're working at and the school you're dedicating time in and uh, it doesn't matter what, what are you wasting your time? That can be a waste of your time right now. What are you wasting your time on? What are you wasting your time on? To what purpose is this waste? You need to ask yourself that question. Of course, job is essential. You need to make ends meet. Of course, school is important where you can be able to do well and grow in knowledge. Of course, all this thing. But even if you attend this ministry and this church and work in this ministry, you need to ask yourself this question. To what purpose is this waste? All I know, what I'm doing right now is a waste of my time. You might say, why do you say that, preacher? Because I could be probably doing this because it's just routine. Oh, you are just doing this just for routine. And you need to ask yourself, what am I wasting my time on, my life on? Because you know what you should be spending your time on. You know when you work in this ministry how you should put your heart into it. And not just routine. Turn to Luke chapter 15, please. Turn to Luke chapter 15. And we'll go to verse 13, Luke chapter 15. And then we'll go to verse 13. Book of Luke. Now, how many of you know the story of the prodigal son? Uh, All of us know that. The prodigal son, as you might know, he was was a son that wanted to do his own thing. He didn't want to go by his father's way. And he said, Father, you know, give me my portion of my inheritance. So then the father gave it to him. And the son, he's like, man... I've wasted my time living at my father's house. Now I'm going to live my life to the fullest. That's what he thought. 
But when he spent his life in riotous living, the Bible says, the Bible says he realized he was wasting his money and his time. Look at this one. Verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there, what? The Holy Spirit words it. Wasted his substance with riotous living. He's wasting and wasting. When will he get the memo? When will he get the memo that he's wasting? Just read the next part. The next part says, And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty... When he had spent all. Did you see that? When he had spent all, spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. I'll tell you what happens. When God gives you his blessings, listen up now. When God gives you the blessings of good health, he don't expect you to waste that good health with your sin, with your fleshly desires. If God has blessed you with good work or money to make ends meet, he don't expect you to waste that with your own pleasure, your own gain. If God has given you uh, even good looks yourself, you're not supposed to waste that on your fleshly desires. And that's why people end up with wrong marriages and there's like, um, there's more than 50% of divorces in America. God does not expect you to use your singing voice if you have a talent and waste that for your fleshly gain. God does not expect you where he gives you good, uh, where you're able to have a, a great physical activity you might have muscles, you might have strength, you might have great endurance, you can play sports well. God does not expect you to waste that on playing for the NBA or something dumb like that. Besides, none of you can get in there. No matter how good, I don't care how good you yeah, think man, you are, all right? <laughs> yeah, amen, brother. So, so I don't care. So the thing is this, is that, but we tend to do that, don't we? The the problem with us is that when God has blessed you with something, we want to use it for our own gain. And you're wasting, right you're wasting your nose on something that you shouldn't be putting your nose on, your eyes on something you shouldn't be putting your eyes on, your mouth, and you shouldn't put your mouth on something that you shouldn't put your mouth upon. You're wasting the blessing God has given to you. God has given you good mental health condition. You're not like a lot of these uh, unfortunate people who are suffering in mental conditions or in homes or bedridden. And you're not at the age of losing your sanity yet. God blessed you with all this good stuff. And he did not expect you to waste all of that. Amen. But guess what? Once you spend it all on sin. Once you spend it all on sin. You're in want. You're in need. I'll tell you what happens when you keep using these legs to go to the wrong places. And uh, what you want. This is God's blessing to you. Amen. Thank God that you can walk. Thank God I can do this a little bit. All right? Yeah. That's why I can still run at the bluff. Thank God. What a blessing. Man. What a blessing. All right? Brother Randall can't do that anymore. So say, so see, this is God's blessing for me. But look at this. When you waste this on what you want, you waste God's blessing to you. Guess what? The Lord, he's going, uh, when you spend it all on sin, you're going to come to a point of nothingness in need. You're going to come to a point of nothingness and in need. Through wisdom. 
You know why? Because you spent all this on sin, and then you might hit a point where you might be crippled. You might hit a point where you use this on sin, where that sin damaged your legs. Maybe driving to a place you shouldn't have and drinking while driving, and then just takes one accident, doesn't it? You're going to be in need once you spend it all on sin. Then verse 15 through 17, guess what happens? He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And look at this, when he came to himself. Oh, now he's asking himself this question. He said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perished with hunger? You know what he did? He fought, After he spent all this on sin, he finally asked himself, to what purpose is this waste? You don't realize you're wasting until you go through the hurt and the consequences of sin. Some of you know what I'm talking about if you live the wicked life. And that's why you don't want to go back there. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And you know that you are just wasting your life on foolish, stupid things. And then you didn't come to your senses until you feel the hurt and the weight of consequences of the mistakes or the sins that you made. Right? And when you do that, you finally come to your sense and you go... What am I wasting my life on? That's a good picture. I'll tell you what. It'll give you nothing but bringing you to the hog pen like that prodigal son. So guess what? I dare you. Keep using this for sin. Guess what? You're going to realize it was a waste of your life and you're in the hog pen. Keep using this. It's not going to be walking on money anymore. It's going to be in the mud. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 12 through 15 says, Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work shall abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now that whole passage, you all know, is about the judgment seat of Christ. And at the judgment seat of Christ, there's a fire building up. And what you do is that you have your works. Basically, the idea is the talents and the blessings God has gifted to you. And God is expecting to see what kind of reward you're going to get out of your talents and skills that you use for him. So here you are with all your works, skill, talent, blessings that God has given to you, that you can do. And then you're going to have to dump that on the fire. If it's good, gold, silver, precious stones. If it's bad, wood, hay, and stubble. Can you imagine? This is, you got to realize this. Pay attention now. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. It's only one shot you got. One shot to with the blessing and the gift that God has given to you in your mind, in your eyes, with your face, your mouth, and nose. Can you imagine how much God has gifted to you? Do you have good health? Can you see with both eyes? 
Can you walk? Can you smell? Can you taste? And now look at that. If this is all the talent and the blessing God has given to you, and you use that for him, do you know how much gold and silver can come out of that? That's a lot. That's a lot. That's going to be a great thing you can do for the Lord. I mean, some people who are so old, they can't win souls as much as you anymore. Imagine how much gold, silver, precious stones you got. If there's a time you want to not waste your time, it's now. And you want to use it for the Lord because these gifts you got won't last forever. And guess what? Pretty soon, serving God as a church won't last forever either. And you got to realize that every golden minute counts. And can you imagine all that gold, silver, precious stones from all the talents God has given to you? If your talent is this high, then expect your gold, silver, precious stones to be just as high. So can you imagine that? You're so excited and you dump that in the bonfire. And guess what? All that talent, skill, work. Nothing. Can you imagine that? Imagine there was this person who was uh, blind and crippled. But he did his best for the Lord and God rewarded him in your life. Man, you know, I led more souls to salvation than that guy did. Man, I read the Bible more than that guy did. Man, I was able to go to church be more involved in ministries than that guy did. Because I wasn't blind and crippled like him. Wow, this is awesome. I'm guaranteed to have rewards. And then you're like, this is awesome. And then you dump it. And then it comes out to nothing. How will you feel? Your heart's going to sink because all that work, that work has went to waste in the fire and the wood. That was your once in a lifetime opportunity. And once it goes up to smoke, you say, God, let me go back. And God's like, nope, can't go back. That's what you got. Gather it, pick it up. That's it. You're done. Next. God, let me pay back to you a little bit more. No, next. You're done. Get out. Next person. Okay, you did a good job, child. The next person. Here's your gold, silver, precious stones. And that person goes, whoopee, thank you, God. And here you are crying at the corner. With next person getting reward, next person, next person, and you get nothing. Once in a lifetime. And, you're, and you know what you're going to do at the judgment seat of Christ? I guarantee all of you are going to do this. Hundred times you're gonna say ask yourself this at the judgment seat of Christ. To what purpose is this waste? What was I wasting my time on? Why did I waste my life on this? Why was I wasting you're gonna say that longer than I'm preaching to you this message about waste? Cecil Rhodes was considered by many to be the instigator of the war between the English and the South African Boers. He did this in order to obtain the rich natural resources of that area. Diamonds, gold, and lands. I can imagine he tried to enjoy all the riches and his vast power that he had. Some people think that he's the one that uh, started a lot of the globalists, the current globalists today, which is interesting. But I can imagine while he was enjoying all the vastness of the riches while he could, he never, he never asked himself one time, to what purpose is this waste? Never did. But at the end of this, at the end of his life, he did. He did ask himself that question. At the end of his life, he said this: 
I found much in Africa. Diamonds, gold, and land are mine. But now I must leave them all behind. Not a thing I've gained can be taken with me. Eternal treasures that abide I have not sought. Therefore, I actually have nothing at all. Now, I know that no matter what I say or preach or pray or love or encourage or do anything in the world to finally convince and convict you, to finally do something about your waste, I do know one thing that's more powerful than, my, than what I'm doing right now. My endless preaching and all that I do, one powerful thing will be certain that will finally convince and convict you. And that's death. When you hit at the point of death. And once you hit at the point of death, guess what? You will have your existential moment when you should have done at the time when you received Christ for your salvation. And then you'll finally have your existential moment and you'll be contemplating. You'll go with all the people that you haven't followed up with. Now you're following up with. All the people that you made some wrongdoing, you want to repair the relationship. All the things that you wasted your time on, you want to try to get them now and enjoy them while you have the chance. All the time you've been stuck at home and not been to places you want to go, now you're going to try to do some of that. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to tell yourself at death, to what purpose is this waste? And I'm giving only worldly examples. Now I can say spiritual examples. Same thing with reparations made within brothers and sisters in Christ. Same thing with catching up Bible reading and prayer. The same thing with coming to church whenever I could now to hear some sort of preaching and teaching. Or I cannot witness, I cannot street preach anymore, but can I leave a track to this nurse or to this doctor whenever I get lucky? I hope that's not going to be you at your deathbed. That'll be when you ask yourself, to what purpose is this waste? I pray it is now on the altar. Now, at this message, you ask yourself this question. To what purpose is this waste? Every head bowed and every eye shut. The altar call is open. If the Lord led upon your heart, don't waste your life. Time is so precious. Your life is so precious. Years are precious. You don't have much left to live for the Lord. Don't waste your life, your days, and your time. To what purpose is this waste? I pray it will not be at death. I pray it will be now. I don't know what's going on in your life, but perhaps there are some personal things in your life that you know you wasted time on. And maybe you... You want to say, I want to have a better relationship this time with my family. I want to try to have a better relationship with pastor and people in this church now. I want to get more involved. God, I want, most importantly, God, I want to have a better relationship with you. There are a lot of things we need to fix together. I need to get more involved in the ministry. I need to ask pastor probably a bit more. Pastor, is there something more that I can do? Could you train me on something? Hey, pastor can forget. Maybe now is the time to bug him, huh? I encourage you to do that. Sometimes I'm forgetful. I like it when you bug me on that because I like to see you grow. Maybe I might say just be patient or at a certain time. So you'll have to wait and be patient, which is necessary as a Christian. But don't give up. Don't ever give up. Because there's so much to live in life, so much to do, and you can't waste it.
if you really don't know what you can fix for God, I would like to tell ask you this again is if Jesus looked at you right now deep into your eyes and tried to find any wrong in you or what you need to fix, do you know what it will be? Do you know what it will be? How many times have you used your eyes for yourself rather than reading the word of God? How many times have you used your hands for yourself than praying to the Lord? How many times have you used your mind for yourself rather than studying doctrine? How many times have you used your feet for yourself rather than going to church? How many times have you used your mouth for yourself rather than telling someone how to get saved? Again, 90%, I guarantee, is used for yourself rather than for the Lord. And it's time to seek the Lord and not waste. For some of you who are not saved, I will repeat it over and over again just to make sure. Is that if you're not 100% sure that you will go to heaven after you die, now is the time to get saved. If anyone is going to be in my church and declare themselves a member of San Jose Biobaptist Church, if you want to proudly declare that as a member, you need to proudly declare your salvation then. We need to know your testimony, how you got saved. Are you truly a saved Christian? You might say, well, uh, my salvation is I just always knew. No, then that's head belief, not heart belief. It's something you just always know. And then in process of time, somewhere, someplace, salvation was like a process then. No, it's not like that. It, salvation is something you did. You actually did. You put your heart into. And it was at a specific time, place, and situation and moment. Can you say that story or no? I can tell you mine. Six years old, got under conviction I wanted to get saved. Deacon took me aside with my father, showed me the gospel, and I wanted to get saved. I confessed to the Lord Jesus Christ for my salvation, believing what he did at the work at the cross of Calvary. Room at the corner, at the back room with the deacon and my father. That's how it should be, because it was at a specific place, moment, situation. It wasn't something that I just always knew in the head and learned and then in time became a great preacher about it. No, then that's not something that I actually did specifically at a time, place, and situation. I actually did something. I actually did something at the moment to get saved. I pray that you will find salvation today if you're not saved, onliners. And right now is a great time. Simply say to God right now, God, I repent as a sinner and I only trust what... You did on the cross to save my soul and not my works. It's that simple. Father God, um, as I close in prayer, I pray today's preaching has convicted and helped people. Thank you so much for helping me in this message to preach what you wanted me to preach and to preach it with authority from the scriptures because I have zero authority for my flesh feels failing now. But your word has authority and it seemed to have a place. Thank you. To you be the glory in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.